helping realtors on Vancouver Island stay connected, current, and on the cutting edge. This is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. Here's your host, Braden Wheatcroft. Good morning, everyone. I apologize if you've been waiting patiently since 11.15. We're having some technical difficulties here, but as they say in the business, the show must go on. So uh, this is the Vancouver Island Real Estate Show. I am your host, Braden Weecroft, and today we are here to have a really great conversation with a, a good friend of mine and colleague from REMAX and Nanaimo, the managing broker, Ian Thompson. However, today we're going to ask Ian to take his managing broker hat off and put on his uh, advocate hat. Um, today, we're here to talk about consumer choice and specifically around buyers and sellers of real estate on Vancouver Island and whether or not uh, the, the rules that are being um, rolled out as of June 15th are really in the best interest of consumers. And Ian is one of the founding members of a new organization called the Real Estate Alliance of British Columbia, or Real BC for short, where they're really taking... Uh, the superintendent of real estate and the real estate council to task on some of these changes and as they like to say the unintended consequences of these changes so with that being said let's dive right into it and thank you ian for being here no problem Braden. looking forward to it as always matt did you know that you are actually the very first returning guest on the vancouver Island real estate show <laughs> i feel i feel much better already awesome well Everyone else declined to come back on, but still, oh. you're the second. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, uh, Ian, amongst uh, selling real estate, uh, managing a very successful real estate brokerage with lots of great agents, uh, you decided to get involved in the political scene with Real BC. What were you bored or what? <laughs> well, I think that uh, there was a few meetings that were happening and you know, it became clear we needed a steering committee to to bring it forward. And, you know, the fact is, I'm pretty passionate about this. I mean, I'm not pretty passionate. Yeah. I'm very passionate about it. And I just think that there's changes that need to happen. And, and uh, you know, we were we were frustrated by where we came to at the, at the moment. We thought, what can we do differently? What different avenue can we go down to uh, get the attention of those in charge just to say, hey, you know, this is this is really how it's going to be once these rules start on the 15th of June. So, it, it, you know, things tend to take off after that. Yeah, they tend to snowball. Well, let's let's back up for a second and just do a, a quick recap here. So what is the Real Estate Alliance of British Columbia? Well, the Real Estate Alliance of British Columbia is a coalition of both realtors and, and the public. And uh, we've, we basically are a grassroots organization. We're just a group of individuals, first started as realtors and brokers. And now we've found in the last three weeks that the public is really starting to join our organization. Uh, we've got uh, 1,700 members now, which is like, hallelujah. That's a big deal. Remember, we had, you know, three weeks ago, we had none, right? We had yeah. zero. So this is- Has it only been three weeks? Okay. Has like it only been, been three weeks? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's been about a month since we've really been out actively promoting this, letting people know what we're doing. And and, and we thought, when we first thought, the first thing we did was, we said, how, do we, how do we make this so that uh, what we're talking about is critical information? And we decided that we would do a survey. So the, as you know, the uh, superintendent is following a survey that was done by the previous uh, liberal government of about 169 people in British Columbia. And from that came 25 recommendations. And from that, we have the four that are coming here on the 15th of June. The main one is limited dual agency. Uh, 
Mm. And, mm. you know, we felt as a coalition that, mm-hmm. A, 169 people is just not enough for a province of 4.4 million. Yeah. It's not even statistically correct. So why don't we do our own? So this is all self-funded. This is our own money we put together. We hired Insights West, a company in Victoria that the NDP government uses to do a survey. And we surveyed 1,025 people from all over British Columbia. And I think it's important to note that, you know, the coalition might have started on the Vancouver Island, but we're across BC. You know, we're, we're right. members all over the province as more and more people find out. So we surveyed, you know, Victoria and Insight West to the Lower Mainland and the interior and all across BC. And of course, we came back with different results. Mm. Interesting. You know, so, so, Ian, I know you've, you've been involved in politics uh, on and off over the years. You're definitely a very active member of the community in the Nanaimo market. Uh, I'm not familiar with polls. Is a thousand people, I mean, obviously that's, that's 10x what uh, the superintendent's uh, poll was, but is that is that a good sample size? Like that's a number that you guys are happy with as far as getting a, a more diverse uh, point of view? I mean, the numbers are always statistically lower than the, than they think they are. I mean, if they survey Canada, they're not surveying 30,000 people. Like the numbers are actually pretty small, yeah. but there's a limit of small, 169, 1,025, we think is more of a right cross-section of British Columbia. So you know, when we got that results back, we thought, okay, these results are different. Now we have a platform to we have a story to tell because we don't want to be, yeah. we're not complaining. Like yeah. we're not, we're, we're not just people, we're not just people with a license going, Hey, you know, we don't like these rules. Why don't you change them? We're saying we have evidence that points in a different direction. So what, like, tell us a little bit about the findings of that report. Like what, what sort of things did you see and, and specifically how were they different than what the original survey that the superintendent uh, came up with? Well, it was different that, you know, I, th- I think the main the main thing is the superintendent is trying to protect consumer protection. I mean, that makes sense. Anybody in British Columbia involved in real estate wants to have increased protection for consumers. Why wouldn't we? It's yeah. just the consequences of bringing in these changes is is going to force people to really use realtors they don't know and they have a relationship with someone already. And we're talking mostly in outside of the lower mainland. You know, there's 23,000 realtors in British Columbia, 13,000 about are in the lower mainland area. Right. And, you know, when there's that many realtors, dual agency is less of an issue. Right? Right. When you get the smaller, non-metro part of British Columbia, uh, dual agency is going to be, is going to be a big deal. And it's going to happen more often. You think of when you're in a small town, you know everybody. Like you're just, yeah. you're just out in the community, you're volunteering with Rotary mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. You just, chambers of commerce, you get to know people. And, right. and, and from that, they trust you. And so they want to use you when they're doing a professional transaction because they've seen you perhaps in other situations, watch what you've done, and thought, I trust that person. And, you know, we believe, that the Real Estate Alliance of British Columbia believes, that they should continue to have a choice of who to use. You know, why should the government tell them you can't yeah. use this particular realtor? It's just, it, it doesn't seem right to us. But, you know, now, to answer you said, your question. You said something there, Ian, I think is, is really um, critical to underscore, which is, that, that you're not saying you don't believe in consumer protection no, or, or raising the bar. I, I, and it seems like everyone I talk to in my professional network, you know, they, it's pretty unanimous. We all want higher levels of professionalism in the industry. Uh, we want more training. Uh, and, and we definitely think the bar needs to be raised. But the, the changes that are being rolled out June 15th, by and large, seem very political in nature, you know, when they were thought of and, and how they've been executed on. And they just, you know, the, the, the phrase I keep hearing is unintended consequences. So could you maybe walk us through just a couple of those unintended consequences? Like so what are some of the hot button um, situations that you're, you're hearing right now from members of the 
at Real Estate Alliance. Well, just before, I want to answer your first question first about how our survey was different. <laughs> and I, I've just got these points here. I just want to go over them. 90% yeah. of the people we talked to agreed with the statement, I want to keep the right to choose who represents me in the sale of my property. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? 90% so wanted to, I want to keep the right of who represents me in the purchase of a property. 85% say I find it beneficial to have an established ongoing relationship with a realtor who I know and trust. So with all that in mind, forcing someone to use someone else to us isn't consumer protection. So yeah. the answer to your question would be the next question about an example of where of where this is going to be an issue. Well, if I have a if I have a listing in, in my town and and, uh, you know, this is a classic one. I have a buyer coming over from the mainland and they want to see six houses. Now, one of those houses is my own listing, mm-hmm. right? So we're driving down the road and, you know, we see the other houses. We come to my listing and I say, well, you know, at this point, I'm going to have to find you another agent because I, I know that seller. I have, I'm in a contractual obligation with them now. I also know you. Um, and you've been driving with me, so I know your financial history. I know your financing, etc. Because how can you not? That's what a professional does. Is um, like I don't want to bring an offer to a seller where I don't know if the financing is going to be good or not. So I'm trying to avoid that. But at this point, it's like I'm supposed to stand back and think I'm going to phone somebody at the office. Hopefully they'll be around. They're going to show you the house, and then and then if you like that house, we're going to keep going and look at other ones. And this agent's mm-hmm. going to stay here until you decide. The seller's going to wait. Like it just becomes, it becomes unworkable on, on, on how this is practical day to day going to work. Yeah, right. uh, ab- absolutely. And, and uh, you know, again, I, I think when this situation was created, there was a lot of uh, headlines in, in the news a few years ago around, you know, incidents that were happening in the, in the Metro Vancouver market and, and situations where, um, uh, you know, people who likely shouldn't have a real estate license in the first place were conducting uh, dual agency transactions where they weren't really representing either party no. fairly. Uh, but now you have all of the realtors in the province being painted with the same brush. And we have, um, we've had lots of feedback from said, why don't we just enforce the rules we have? Like we have right. rules now. Yeah. Why don't we just go after the people that are doing it wrong? Those of us, you know, the vast majority of realtors in British Columbia, and when you look at statistics on that, um, about 100,000 homes sold last year. I just got that file here. About 100,000 homes sold last year in British Columbia. Really only 89 uh, cases were complaints, and of those, were eleven related to dual agency. Wow! That, that, that there's that there's a saying in government that this is a solution looking for a problem, <laughs> right? Like, right. where is the evidence that it's rampant across British Columbia, and somehow we have to fix this? So that's that's the crux of of where, where we come down to why we think this is needs to be rethought. Now, tell me a little bit about the the thrust of of Real BC and and like there are, you know there's no sort of shortage of associations in the industry. Yeah. You know, we have our local boards, we have our provincial association, we have the national one. There's all different uh, sorts of groups that people can volunteer and opt in and out of and whatnot. Some are mandatory. Why why did you and the other founders of of the alliance feel like there was a need to start another organization? Well, we felt we felt two things. There was a need for a group that other people could join other than realtors. I mean, BCREA is for realtors. Right? If you want to be a realtor, you're a member of BCREA. Yeah. They do their job. They do a great job. So we don't want to get in the middle of what they're doing. They already are advocating for us. What can we do on this side that runs parallel with them, that doesn't get in the road of what they're doing? But 
you know, honestly comes to the table on our hands aren't tied by associations or rules. You know, the BCREA and the 11 boards in British Columbia, there's a lot of things to manage in there when you go, yeah. when you want to go to government. There's a lot of agreements you have to get. There's a lot of, just a lot of managing that has to happen. And really right. for us, time is not our friend. Right. June 15th is really not that far away. Even even a month ago when we started, it wasn't that far away. And so a coalition mm -hmm. can act faster. We can come up with things. Hey, this is what we want to do. We can put it out to people that want to join us. And of course, initially it was realtors that joined us. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting letters from, from the consumer that says, hey, you know what? I think I should be able to use the realtor I want to. I bought four or five houses from, mm -hmm. you know, Ed Smith for the last 10 years, and I trust Ed. And you know, why, why is that going to be taken away from me? And, you know, the unintended consequence is that more people, I think, are going to be unrepresented because they're going to be put on to another realtor. They don't know anything yeah. about them, right? And, and they have to somehow come up to speed instantly like relationships take time they don't just you don't just meet them hey i'm your best friend like it takes mm -hmm. time and so you know to follow my analogy my story it's saturday afternoon i'm going to introduce this person to you You have to come to agreements with them learn all about them put an offer together get it all ready because there's two other cars in the driveway everybody's anxious and now how how is this better for the consumer we don't right. see that as, as right. better so on a provincial level, we, we talked about BCREA and, and yep. you know, there's a lot of great things that they do. And then there's some things where I think some agents would feel like they, they haven't had a strong enough advocate in their corner. But, you know, the Real Estate Alliance is, is really pointed to one thing, which is, is talking about uh, these changes and, and the unintended consequences. I also noticed when I was reviewing the website um, that you referenced the speculation tax and the foreign buyers tax as well. So you're really uh, not just tackling the changes coming from the superintendent, but you're also tackling a lot of changes that affect uh, consumers of real estate in the province as well. W why did you guys pick the superintendent's changes as the first uh, mountain to climb? Well, the superintendent is responsible the superintendent is the office. That office is the one that makes the rules. That says this is what it's going to be. They mm -hmm. go to council. They interpret those rules and bring them down to the twenty-three thousand realtors. Mm -hmm. And so the superintendent, we we initially thought we would try and have a meeting with them. We're still very much trying to have a meeting with them. We seem to be missing out on that. Really, the ultimate person who's responsible is the finance minister. <clears throat> that office is the one that's responsible for real estate in British Columbia. So. We're sort of going to the finance minister, and then we're going down to, um, or sorry, the superintendent, and then we're going to the finance minister in Victoria. But to your point, there are so many things going on in real estate in British Columbia right now, whether it's all those other taxes you talked about, plus these changes. Plus, about a month ago, the finance minister hired a lawyer, Dan Perrin in Victoria, to review how real estate is regulated in British Columbia. So we have two, what's called dual regulators. We have the superintendent, we have the council. And currently, they don't agree on how things should run in the province. So in the midst of all these changes, regulators that don't agree, why, what is the rush to start everything June 15th? Why can't we figure this out mm -hmm. and then start? Well, exactly. And, and um, I was away on holidays last week and doing my very best to stay offline. Uh, <laughs> but I noticed uh, that we, there were some forms that were introduced to us last week. And these are forms that I believe have been promised uh, to realtors in the province now for I don't know, six months and, and the deadline kept getting moved. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about uh, the forms that have been released? I know you're, you've got a lot going on. I'm not sure if you've read them all, but I believe today at the sales meeting in Nanaimo, yep. you were actually reviewing one of them. So can you give us a bit of a crash course in, in what you've seen? Well, I would say overall, you know, 
the reality is, overall, these forms are going to serve a good purpose. And, and I'm confident they will work out in the benefit of the consumer and the realtor. The challenge is, since you brought this up, now I'm really uptight about this, is that in the rush, <laughs> in the rush to start these on the June 15th, there's yeah. no mandatory training for the 23,000 realtors prior to June 15th. Now, I, as a managing broker, I'm dumbfounded that somehow in the rush to get these rules out, there isn't a mandatory, like, why wouldn't you say it has to be mandatory to take this course? It's a six hour course. There's 23,000 of us. Uh, the superintendent estimates that's going to take four months. So why don't mm. we start at October 15th? Hey, right. we've got 23,000 people trained and they understand and they're better able to protect consumers. Sending out 23,000 people with no training, mm -hmm. how does that help consumers? Is that like and, giving your 16 year old the keys to the car and say, you know what? Sometime yeah. in the next few months, we're going to teach you how to drive. Exactly. But in the meantime, stay in your lane. Yeah. And whatever you do, don't make a mistake because right. there's going to be fines and significant fines. Absolutely. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair to the realtors. And I don't think it's fair to the public as far as consumer protection goes to send in people that haven't been fully trained. Yes, I'm a broker. Yes, I'm going to take the training. I'm taking it tomorrow, I think. Yeah. We, we get to see it first. And then it's our job to train these 23,000 realtors, which... We, we do a lot of training all the time, yeah. but there's such a significant change in the rush to get it out to me isn't right. Right. That's so in I mean. the, in the short amount of time that the real estate Alliance of BC is, is been around, um, you guys have, have worked with an organization in Victoria. That's, I guess, is it fair to say they're a lobbyist group? They work yep. closely with NDP. You've conducted a survey of over a thousand British Columbians asking them um, some very pointed questions about how they want to interact with their realtors. Um, I also understand that there was a bit of a win recently with uh, the the Real BC uh, name actually being referenced in one of the legislative yes. sessions. What do you want to say about that? Well, we want to say thank you to Andrew Weaver, the leader of the Green Party, who is uh, who has been the best way to say it is pounding away at the finance minister, going, "Hey, this is what's actually going on, and this is the information that you know." We don't believe the finance minister really knows how this is going to impact people around British Columbia, and Mr. Weaver has been excellent in getting this point across. Uh, that doesn't mean she's going to change her mind. Nothing is guaranteed for sure. But I think we've got, when we're actually in the legislature and hearing people talk about our issue and how it's going to affect people. I mean, real estate's a huge part of British Columbia in our economy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And so um, hearing that was very gratifying. And it's also it's also kind of spreading. We had an email from um, the MLA in the Chilliwack area sending same thing to Victoria. So all the areas around British Columbia that aren't in Vancouver are really quite upset and quite glad to have an organization that can speak up for us without maybe tied into other issues that, that, that can bog down an organization as they try and focus on something. So mm -hmm. that's what we've been doing. Yeah, so it sounds like the value of the organization is, is that it's very targeted on a specific, um, very few causes. Right now, specifically the rule changes around agency. Uh, and then I imagine, depending on how that outcome goes, you may turn your sights to the speculation tax or any other policies affecting the real estate industry in BC. We'll see. You need more to focus on anything, but the next three weeks. And yeah, I know. Uh, well, I tell us more about the next three weeks. So what, what's, what's next for Real BC? Next for Real BC is we're going to have a, a newspaper campaign that's starting very soon. It's going to be starting next week, actually. And that's going to be an exciting moment for us as we look at uh, the new rules that are coming. 
and how that information is going to be presented around British Columbia. So we're going to be at about 70 different newspapers in the province. Mm. Our Facebook campaign is, is continuing on, so I'm excited about that. Uh, and uh, the other thing we're going to be doing is having more meetings. We are waiting for our meeting with the finance minister. We are waiting for our meeting with the superintendent. I already have had a meeting with Dan Perrin. Dan Perrin was the lawyer that was hired to investigate how real estate should work in British Columbia. By the way, that report is due June 15th, which is the exact day the new rules come in, which I seems odd to me, but that's just a random the same day. And if they come out with, with a different point, it, you know, if, if, the, if the regulator's review comes out with a different viewpoint, it's going to make this whole process seem like a waste. Like it's just not. So it, it seems to me there's really two asks here. The, the first immediate ask is, what's the rush? Why, why push this out June 15th without, yeah. uh, you know, the, the due diligence and the training required to get the entire, uh, you know, work, real estate workforce up and running. And, and then the second piece is, okay, now that we've, we've pushed this decision down the road a little bit, let's actually talk about whether or not this is really good for consumers. Mm-hmm. Fair to say that's kind of the, the, the one-two punch. I mean, we have the same goals. Everybody has the same goal. Consumer protection, the superintendent, the council, the finance minister, BCREA, BC Real Estate Allowance. We all want to do that. We just think there's better ways with educating the people that are supposed to implement the rules. I mean, and I know that uh, council's coming out with a public education campaign as well. That's another great idea. I mean, the whole, it's like a, uh, a buffet full of good ideas, except <laughs> for some reason, buffet closes at, at June 15th and everything has to happen then. And no one outside of the superintendent's office can see what is it about that date that actually has to happen. Right. I'm, I'm assuming it's because it's been delayed once already and they don't want to delay it again, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I might even, if I seem to recall, it might have even been delayed a couple times because I feel like some of these changes were set for early 2018. And then that was it May 15th or something like that. And now, now June 15th. So, well, and, and a big part was something called double recusal back when it was first changed. And this is where we have that sort of disagreement between the council and the superintendent the council said about this dual agency and originally the council said okay you have to what's called double recuse and step away from everybody leaving both parties with unrepresented status or realtors they don't know enough of us said that that just can't work and so it came back and the superintendent said oh the council misinterpreted what i meant then they came up with an unrepresented party status right and and, and those things are fine, except the message we get from the superintendent is we don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do what? Unrepresented status with people. Okay. The superintendent really doesn't want that. They want people to have their own agents, right? Right, right. But, but, but here's a way to do it. And if you make a mistake, watch out because the, the council is going to be watching. So in a, in a very simple process, then what they're saying is you may have a buyer and a seller which before they happen to collide, you know, the buyer yep. wants to buy the seller's house. You have an agency relationship with both of them. And now your buyer wants to buy your seller's house yep. and you have to recuse, your, recuse yourself from one of them, which is likely going to be both. I mean, or, or both. It, it says superintendent's first, first option is both. Is both. Just stop, stop working. And that's right. clearly, I don't think that makes sense. And right. so the second one is about offering someone unrepresented party status. And there's a four-page form that we're going to go through now with the unrepresented party to make sure they understand that they really should have. And that's what it is. And that's what we agree about. You really should have your own advice. You really should, you know, Mm -hmm. seek your own realtor. But if you choose not to, and I think that's the emphasis, if you choose not to, then we can can keep going. 
So in that in that situation, Ian, I, I I'm curious: is the service to the buyer, the unrepresented third party? Would it be the same way you would operate under the current limited dual agency, where you're you're operating at arm's length from both the buyer and seller, or would this be more like I'm going to drop my uh, you know basic re- agency requirements to the buyer and fully represent the seller Absolutely. and just represent the buyer as an unrepresented person, even right. though you may know all sorts of information. And they don't, and they, and you know, you still have an obligation to fill out the correct forms, right? With them, but you don't have any obligation anything further than that. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Well, this is going to be very uh, fascinating to watch the next uh, three weeks unfold here. It is. Um, now, you mentioned how many members are there in Real BC currently? Uh, 1,700. 1,700. So, yeah. and there's approximately how many realtors in BC? 23,000. 23,000. So, the organization could use some more membership by the sounds of it. Absolutely. Um, now, can you walk us through, if people want to get involved and join the cause, they like the initiative that's happening here, what are the steps for them to do that and and uh, how can they help us uh, be heard in, in this process? Well, it's easy to register on our website, therealbc.ca. You go on there, click, it takes about 30 seconds. You're signed up as a member. You can be in contact with your MLA, give them the information, say, hey, I want my right to choose which realtor I can use. You can do that. You can talk to your Chamber of Commerce. You can you can talk to your local um, real estate association, register your complaint there. You can talk to, you can send an email to the superintendent. You can send an email to the real estate council. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of things that you could do, but really it's strength in numbers. Yes. Right? And the challenge so- is, is time. Right. Time. So there's a lot of great ideas there. If you could say, you know what, everyone watching this and listening to this uh, over the next couple of weeks that wants to get involved, here's the one thing that you can do, or, or I'll even give you two. What's the, the one step one and step two, and then everything else would be a nice to have. But what are the most important uh, two pieces? Step one is register online. Register on our website, therealbc.ca. Just fill it out. It's easy. You're done. That's step one. Step two is get in touch with your local MLA. Okay. It's easy to do. They're accessible. Um, you know, we, we've met with a variety, as many as we can. But the more pressure from the consumer uh, that is directed to the MLAs that goes to the finance minister, we start to see a snowball effect. Well, wait a minute. Maybe we do need to step back and regroup and look at, is this really serving everybody's goal of protecting the consumer? Right. And and as far as reaching out to their local uh, MLA, now, would... I believe somewhere on the website there is there actually some downloadable forms or some yep. standard um, so they can go on there and actually find the information so that's just literally copy and paste yeah. or yeah or we just... made it as you know as easy as we can and, and I, all the experience with the MLAs are great I mean that is their job to meet with the public to yeah. meet with the people that voted for them to get they all have constituency offices around the province so it's not uh, it's not that difficult and even a phone call or an email to them just saying, hey, I've heard about this. What's the rush? Let's take a second look. Fantastic. So as we wrap up here, we do actually have a couple questions, which is fantastic. We have uh, Teresa Hool here, who we believe is a Victoria realtor. Of course, I recognize her face. Hey, Teresa, thanks for watching and asking a question. So she was asking about double recusal. Will this be addressed? I believe you've already discussed that. That that has been addressed to a degree or... What, what, what's your comment on that? When you say double, double has it been addressed, when you look at the, what, what's coming from the superintendent, there's still the first thing they say is double recusal. Okay. So it's still on the table, but you don't have to do that. You can right. do this in represented party status. 
Right. Which, which the fine print, they say we don't recommend that. Yeah. Be very <laughs> careful and take meticulous notes. Okay. You'll be able to prove that. Okay. Teresa also had a follow-up question here about uh, if you had two buyers interested in the same property, um, have you given that thought yet, Ian? Like what, what would be your recommended course of action based on what you've seen come from the superintendent? Oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Okay. How's that for an honest answer? I mean, That's, the reality yeah. is of, of what's going on and what's watching us, um, it's going to be very tricky to prove that and, and that's what it's all about right it's going to be complaint driven it's like an illegal suite they yeah. don't go door to door knocking on doors it's going to be complaint driven and it's always going to be someone one of those two buyers if you follow that through one of those two buyers is going to say hey i didn't get a fair shake that person got better reputation than better representation than i did or mm-hmm. i heard from someone else that they got better advice and now the realtor's left with you're going to be on your own because you're going to have to be able to prove that you did exactly what you said you could do These are all the forms that were signed, right? It's just, it's problematic for sure. Mm -hmm. Not impossible, but think carefully. And the last comment here uh, is just a thumbs up from previous guest on the show, John Cooper. I I think the thumbs up for you, Ian. (laughs) No, thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate all the work you're doing. I know that you've really been a champion of the, of the cause and the initiative and uh, you know, any opportunity you've had to meet face to face with an influencer in this, you've pretty much dropped what you've done and raced out to see them. So I've been hearing uh, stories from uh, our colleagues in the industry here about uh, all the good things that you're doing. So keep it up. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for being the first time second guest on the (laughs) Vancouver Brown real estate show. Good. You have a good day. You too, man. Bye for now.